How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. I'm joined once again by Austin Clark today on Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. Mello's first day back, college football Final Four came out today. No change really in anything, but Austin, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? Go dogs. Hey, got, got the, the dogs, dogs back in the Final Four once again. again. Pretty much just got a win out, which shouldn't be much of a problem for him. We'll see what happens in the SEC championship, but you know that's a whole other argument for another day. Um, let's get things started off hot here. Let's start with the NFL MVP race. Um, first off, Austin, who do you think the MVP race is between right now, or if you think there's more than two players that are really running hard for it, and who would you pick right now as your front runner? Listen, in my opinion, I think we have two – candidates for the MVP I believe the front runner is Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens and unpopular opinion Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys wow hold your buckle up people it's gonna be an episode today obviously Lamar Jackson is the obvious candidate and I think that he should win the MVP um but listen Dak Prescott he's leading the NFL passing yards right now he's got a He's got a couple. One of the highest QBRs uh, in the league right now. Um, really, I, I, he's really one of the smartest quarterbacks probably of this generation. Betting on himself this year, I feel like every game that goes by, other than the New York Jets game, he's added money to his paycheck. And I have no problem seeing uh, Jerry Jones. Uh, having a big smile on his face as he gives Dak Prescott that check because he's going to be worth every penny. Okay. Um, I definitely agree with you right now that Lamar Jackson is the front for the MVP. You know, he's been not only has he been running the ball over everyone, but he's also been passing it as well. I mean, there's really nothing Lamar can't do. He's taken his game to a whole other level. And the craziest thing about it is, you know, week to week watching Lamar out there, I feel like he's getting better. Like, I feel like he's gotten better as a passing as a passer every single week, which is exactly what you want to see. But my guy, who I have right now, is number two actually on that MVP race, is I got Russell Wilson. And I feel like it's really a two-man race between those two guys. Russell Wilson is balling out. He's currently eight in the league in passing yards. But when you think about it, Russell Wilson might have the most talent he's had around him in a long time. Tyler Lockett's been emerging for a long time. DK Metcalf, one of the better rookies in the league this year. And on top of that, they add Josh Gordon. you got a great running game with Chris Carson, who I know going into the week was top five in the league in rushing. Obviously, the bye weeks, so their stats will be down a little bit this week. But Russell Wilson gets it done any way or another. 23 touchdowns, two interceptions. He had one freaking interception until last week. Him and him, Roger, and Rodgers have the least amount of interceptions in the league. Also, Mahomes is two as well. It's kind of crazy to think James Winston has 18 freaking interceptions right now. And these two guys, and these three guys have two interceptions. But, you know, I just I feel like that, honestly, between Lamar and Russell Wilson, both these guys, they make their teams better, and they've taken their game to the next level as they do every single year. Russell Wilson almost feels like, to me, James Harden when it comes to the MVP award because – you know, he makes his team better, but he's right there for the award every single year. He may not win it every single year, but he's right there as a front runner. So my main deciding factor between the two of them is whichever team is the better record. That's who I'm going with for the MVP. Whoever gets that higher playoff seed, that's who's MVP in my book. I think uh, well, I think it's pretty much a sure shot that Lamar Jackson wins the MVP this year, but you're absolutely correct in saying that, you know, Russell Wilson, he's always there. He's always making his team better. 
he's he's the ideal MVP candidate uh, that that you want to see in in that race. So I, I have no problem with seeing uh, Russell Wilson on the board there. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, I mean, like, like I, said, I said, he's a beast. beast. You know, he's, he's always right there for it. For it. Um, I, definitely I definitely think Lamar Jackson, Jackson though, I mean, like you said, he's he's 150% the front runner right now. Um, it's pretty much Lamar's award to lose right now. You know, the media loves him. He's running the ball. He's passing the ball. He's making his team better, winning tons of games. Um, the way the schedule is looking right now for Baltimore, I mean, I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. Both teams are 8-2. and two. You know, Seattle. They still got a couple of tough games left down the road. They got a little tougher schedule than them, but you know, at the Rams, 49ers, at the Bills, Jets, Browns, Steelers, you know, that's decently. I'm not saying that's easy schedule, but it's definitely there for Lamar for the taking. I mean, I think it's going to come down to whichever one of these teams. If both these teams have the same record, I think Lamar Jackson get it. I mean, he leads his team in passing yards and rushing yards. He's almost he's probably going to be a thousand yard rusher, and I mean, he's definitely going to go over three thousand yards passing. I mean, you don't see that. If he can go over the four thousand and a thousand yards rushing, I mean, that's got to be one of the greatest seasons we've seen in NFL history. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I think we want to get a little bit to some college football talk. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the Tua injury? And uh, do you think that Bama's playoffs hopes are over? Do you think they're still alive? Um, You know, Bama's playoffs hopes are still alive, as crazy it is, you know. Mac Jones in their quarterback, you know, this Alabama team, if you think about it, until Tua came in, realistically, it was always just kind of game manager, whether it was A.J. McCarron, Greg McElroy, you know, even kind of Jalen Hurts. Um, there's tons of other quarterbacks that could go down the list of name that played at Alabama, but, you know, they've never really had that big playmaking QB like that with Tua. If you think, of, <coughs> think about the wide receiver talent you have on this team, I mean, you have three guys who are for sure going to play on Sundays. Great offensive line, great running backs. Pretty much Alabama, if they can win out on this rest of this schedule, um, even without two of there, I don't think they're necessarily dead in the water still, but it's really going to come down to, you know, if Auburn can beat them. Auburn pretty much holds their, their – um, they pretty much hold themselves in the balance here, and they also, on top of things, you know, kind of hold Alabama and Oregon and everyone. They pretty much hold all these teams in college football right here because if they're able to beat Alabama, Alabama, and Oregon's able to win out. I think that gives Oregon what they need here to get into the Final Four. If that they aren't, because, I mean, Georgia and LSU, that's going to work itself out pretty much. I mean, I'd be – I'm not saying that a one-loss LSU team won't still get in, but, you know, that's another conversation for another day. I think Alabama, though, put it best this way. They're still alive. That Auburn game is the biggest game. They went out. I think that they still have a great chance of getting in. Now, two on the other hand – I actually don't, I don't think, think this is the worst thing that could happen to Tua. I feel like that him getting injured here, I don't think Tua could make it, you know, if he's on the Bengals or the Dolphins. I don't think he'd hold up behind that offensive line. I mean, he's very injury prone, you know. I think the best case scenario for him is he falls down the board a little bit in the first round and you see him go to a team like the Chargers or the Colts. I mean, imagine him in that in like that offense, you know. Like he he would absolutely tear things up. Like maybe even imagine him in a Patriots uniform, if Bill, if he can slide far enough for Bill Belichick, maybe pick him up. But uh, actually, as funny as fun as that is to play with the idea, what I actually think is best for Tua's future is for him to stay one more year at Alabama. And not a lot of people have really thought about that, but I mean, just just fantasize with me for a second here. If he were to get drafted, and this doesn't really make sense because of Dwayne Haskins, but if he were to get drafted to 
let's say a team like the Redskins and they have, you know, I don't know anything about any of the medical staffs in the NFL except for one. And I know that the Redskins medical staff has a very bad one. And right now there are some (laughs) players that can't really even trust that medical staff. And what I do know is, is that Alabama actually does have one of the best medical staffs um, at the college level. And so I think what would be best for Tua's future is to keep his draft stock where he is right now. He might not necessarily even have to play next year. Just stay at Alabama another year, rehab, get, get your shit right, and then be a number one draft pick like you're supposed to be before you have this injury. You know, it really is like a freak accident, like to just say, to see like him have this injury that's supposedly unrelated to the other injury. But um, I think as far as what's best for himself is that maybe to stay at Alabama in another year. And like you said, when it comes to Alabama, like their future is kind of in their own hands. They still have to take care of business with Auburn. And I think we have to see the score of that game and how that game is played out before we can really have a conversation about does a two loss Alabama team deserve or a one loss out one loss, two loss Alabama team deserve to get in. Um, especially without making it to, I mean, we've seen in the past, uh, it actually benefited Alabama when they didn't have to go and play in the SEC championship. They won a national championship that year. So who knows? Uh, you know, I've seen crazy things happen in college football over the years and, you know, to see Alabama make it into the playoff definitely wouldn't be the craziest. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know I, agree I agree with you. I think, I think it, definitely it definitely does. does. It, it does play to their advantage that they don't have to play, especially without Mac Jones. Jones. But, you know, that's, yeah, that's an interesting, interesting take that Tua should stay another year in college. I haven't really heard anybody say that yet. I mean, I can't say that I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, if I was him, I think that if I'm Tua, shoot, I don't want to go play for one of these teams like the Bengals and stuff. You know, I'm – I've heard you know a lot of people say you know a lot of these quarterbacks you're making your most money not on that first check but it's on that second contract you sign you know if Tua goes out here for one of these teams like the Chargers or one of these teams you know like the Colts he's set up you know to get a you know he's in a better situation where he's actually have a line that can protect him but on top of that you know he's set up well to make money and to win playoff games you know I think that that's a better situation for him. I feel like, I feel like if anything, anything, if I'm Tua, even if shoot, if I'm any of these quarterbacks, I don't want to go to one of these horrible organizations and horrible, you know, teams that are just awful right now. I'd rather go somewhere where I know I might have to sit for a little while, but I know I'm gonna, you know, win more games. I mean, I feel like Tua throwing the ball, you know, to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon, that'd be a nasty backfielder. I mean, even if you just think about him, that Colts offensive line, he can sit back there and pick teams apart. So. I think, I think he's, he's better, better off with that, that but, but I mean, I, mean, I honestly, honestly, I really don't think staying in college is a horrible decision for him. I mean, he could he win another, another national, national championship, too, if that's, that's what, he what he wants. Absolutely. I think he's got a ton of options, but you're definitely right in the sense that if I'm to a tongue of Iloa, I do not want to go to a team like the Bengals or the Dolphins or anything like that where it's going to risk my future and my capabilities of being a good quarterback and winning playoff games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't, couldn't have said, said it better. I agree with you completely. So let's keep things moving here. And, you know, the Suns, Phoenix Suns, man, you know, they've been pretty successful here. Obviously, Ricky Rubio's out right now. That was the only reason why they got smacked around a little bit last night. But, Austin, I know you're just a topic you really want to talk about. I mean, what do you think about the Suns' success this year? What do you think is leading to it? And do you think it will continue as the season goes on? 
You know, yeah, this Suns team has been really uh, eye-opening. It's been a while since I've seen a team be so bad and then have such a hot start. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with some of the acquisitions they made in the offseason. I think Devin Booker's kind of getting into his own groove a little bit, being, you know, having a little bit more experience in the league. But really what... uh, what I've noticed when I started seeing the Suns win all these games is that the Suns really, you know, aren't playing that great of teams. And the, but the teams that they have played and they that are good and they have beaten them, it's been like it's been like like a pretty small margin between the points. Like they beat the Clippers by by eight, but I'm pretty sure they didn't even have Kawhi for that game because. That was some low management, and obviously Paul George wasn't back yet. Um, and they've been te- beating teams like the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Nets, the Hawks. Like, yeah, they've been going on a streak, but they haven't been playing um, the, the the most competition. And, uh, like, for instance, they took a loss last night to the Celtics. They have a little bit of a tough schedule coming up ahead of them. They're going to be playing – um, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, uh, the Magic, and they have Rockets, Timberwolves again. They'll be playing uh, the Pelicans a couple of times, and the Pelicans aren't that great, but still, I think that I'm. I don't. I think that we're not going to see this continued success from the Suns. I think we're going to probably start to see a little bit more of uh, of a balance in the NBA and. Uh, from a betting perspective, you usually can see this where at the very beginning, you know, you have all these expectations for the way that teams should start, like the Warriors, you know, like you think that the Warriors maybe have a chance to get into the playoffs. And you look at the, the start that the Warriors have ha, has have had and, you know, they're terrible right now. They have injuries all over the place. Taking terrible losses, Draymond Green's like the only player on the floor. They've had some emerging stars um, come up, but uh, it's it, we're really starting to see this balance in the NBA, and things start to kind of uh, level out. Yeah, you know, I think the Suns, I kind of think they're going to come back, you know, to the earth as well. I think they've been playing a little bit better than they are. Also, I think, you know, like you said, they have had that favorable schedule. But I think that the Suns, have sto- what they've started, though, is good. You know, this team is really playing a lot more defense. You see the effort. You see guys like Devin Booker, too, moving the ball a lot more. Like, I noticed on nights where they win, Booker and Ruby are combining, you know, for – 20 plus assists close to 30 you know and that's the kind of basketball you want to see you don't want to see Devin Booker have these kind of games where he's shooting 30 plus shots you know you want to see him working the ball getting other guys looks you know kind of the dribble drive and I think Rubio, Bain, Saric, all these other guys these are good pickups for this team you know this team plays better defense they move the ball better they have higher IQ guys it's not just you know these young guys with no experience you're hoping kind of pop off you actually have some vets mixed in there with the other guys and I think the biggest thing is though you know, they don't have DeAndre Ayton. When DeAndre Ayton comes back here at the end of these games, I think they could be a lot better. But realistically to me, 
The Suns missed, messed their entire team up by not drafting Trey Young or Luka Doncic. I mean, look how good they've been playing without DeAndre Ayton. I mean, I definitely think he'll make the team better, but imagine how good they'd be. I mean, if you had Booker paired with one of those two guys, that's probably the best backcourt in the league. That's absolutely unstoppable, you know? That is a bucket every single time you need one. I think Phoenix will regress. I think they'll have a chance at making the playoffs. I think they'll be one of those fringe playoff teams in the West. I just don't know if they'll be able to get there. I still like to think Portland or Oklahoma City is going to kick it in gear here. Until Oklahoma City starts selling off assets, I think Oklahoma City is a playoff team, especially with their willingness to play defense. You know, there's always these teams that get going slow. Also, you know, Sacramento is going to get healthy. So I think some of those teams should be able to get up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been interesting to see what the Thunder have been capable of. I definitely thought they were going to have a lot worse of a start than five and eight. They've been, you know, it's they had a competitive game with the Clippers last night, um, a nail biter there. Um, but yeah, it, you you just see sometimes this fluctuation with teams losing games that they shouldn't be losing and you have to just remind yourself that it's an 82 game season and there's going to be nights where people are injured or taking load management or whatever it may be but the, the fact of the matter is you have to win a certain amount of games to get to the playoffs so as long as you win win, win enough games to get to the playoffs that's all that really matters yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. As long as you win enough games to get in the playoffs, all that really matters. Um, let's talk about another team here who's not exactly overachieving. They're underachieving right now. That's the Golden State Warriors sitting down there at 2-12. and 12. Um, And, you know, honestly, I think this is about what we're going to see from the Warriors this year. We've seen Draymond missing a lot of games. We've seen D'Lo. Obviously, Steph, they held him out longer with breaking that shooting hand, which I think is a good move. Thompson's not coming back this season. Look, and the way I look at it, man, the Warriors, they've packed everything in for the season. They want to see what they can get out of these role players and who's going to be with the team next year. They're going to get a top draft pick, and they're going to be able to throw another one in here. Golden State's one of the smartest teams in the league. They're one of the best organizationally built teams. They know for a fact that they can't hang in the West without Steph Curry and why rush him back, you know. Breaking a shooting hand, that's going to take a while. I mean, he literally can't shoot jump shots, so... I think the Warriors are doing things right here by taking everything out. And just think about that. They can throw in. I haven't really seen any of these young guys, but if you're a Georgia fan, you know, Anthony Edwards, you get to throw him in there, throw any of these young players in there in college basketball. It's a beast. I mean, you got to you got to think this pick's going to be in the top five, you know. It's definitely going to be in the lottery, hopefully in the top five. Golden State's only going to make their team better. You know, worst case scenario, I was thinking about this too. Imagine, you know, if they traded off, like, one of their, I mean, maybe D'Angelo Russell in that draft pick, or they trade off that draft pick, you know, for an established player to throw in there as well. You know, there's a lot of moves the Warriors can make. I mean, they still have some decent young guys, you know, Jordan Poole, Kai Bowman, um, Willie Cauley-Stein. Those are some, just a couple of the young guys to name right there. Eric Pascal, who, you know, they have, yeah, those guys have value. Going off. What were you Pascal's been going absolutely off. He's, he's like one of the first rookies in, a while to have multiple 30-point games in the first couple games of the season. I saw a video on Instagram not too long ago of uh, Donovan Mitchell kind of taking him under his wing, telling him that like he belongs in the NBA. And you watch that kid play, he's got a great jump shot, he's got great great court vision. I really like watch, watching Pascal play. Yeah, yeah, no, no I, do I do too. You know, he's, he's one, one of the unsung, unsung heroes on that Villanova team. Didn't get quite as much buzz, you know, as he probably deserved. 
but you know this basically this Warriors team they're in tank mode let's see what they can do next year I think they're smart for tanking out this year the only thing that sucks is they got about 20 more primetime games to come up the rest of the season and we're kind of screwed watching those yeah yeah fade fade the Warriors all season long uh, anything else you want to say about the Warriors or what's going on Dude, yeah, there's not really much to say about the Warriors till they get those guys healthy. And uh, shame on me for drafting uh, Steph Curry with my number one fantasy, uh, fan my first round draft pick in fantasy basketball. That really, really screwed me over. Yeah, but yeah, it makes you feel any better. better. I tried to get him in my auction league and ended up getting outbid, so I got lucky. But yeah, I definitely got lucky. I almost made the mistake. Doesn't make me feel better, but good for you. <laughs> um, let's keep things moving here now back to a little NFL um, we're going to keep on throwing more basketball in here you know we've definitely got a lot more basketball talk about now that there's been you know we're 15 20 games in the season we're getting to that range now but Carson Wentz I mean that was one of the worst performances I've seen out of him on Sunday and, you know we've seen a lot of Carson Wentz performances whether it's that Dallas game in other, other games, games where you're just kind of like, what is going on? Is Carson Wentz really the player we thought he was? I mean, what do you think? Has, your, has this season changed your opinion of Carson Wentz, or you still think that he is the play, the MVP Carson Wentz from a few years ago? Um, to be 110% honest, I didn't think that Carson Wentz was going to have an MVP caliber year this year. Uh, I I predicted that Dak Prescott would. I've been on the Will Kane train uh, as far as it comes to the Dak versus Carson debate and and honestly I, I i'm getting a little bit old hearing will kane talk about dak prescott every single day but the numbers don't lie and dak prescott is putting up a hell of a lot better numbers than carson Wentz is and the numbers that carson Wentz are, is putting up is just terrible i think part of it has to do with having a banged up um you know running game and their defense is trash, so teams scoring them so easily, and then your offensive line's going to get tired by by the third quarter, you know, and then you're getting sacked all the time. So I, I understand not all of these factors um, are Carson Wentz's problem, but the fact of the matter is, is you're able to get stuff done when you're having your MVP season. Why can't you get stuff done now? And uh, I just think that he just doesn't have doesn't have the weapons around him that that he had before i think that, that that's probably one of the issues and the other issues is, is that just that injury he just didn't come back after the acl tear the same as when he had the injury you know he just wasn't the same quarterback yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree with you completely. I mean, he really hasn't looked like the same player ever since coming back from that ACL injury. It's been very inconsistent for him, and as much as I want to give him the benefit of the doubt with all these injuries, we saw the Eagles win without all these injuries, but at the same time, you know, it is kind of true. You know, he has you had Deshaun Jackson that first game, had the huge offensive output. I mean, this week, he didn't even have Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, pretty much it was Goddard and Ertz, and that's about it. They're lacking the big play, the deep threat on the sides. You know, I still think the Eagles can get everything together. I don't really think they're the Super Bowl contender anymore than I thought they were. But I think Carson Wentz plays really dropped off, you know. I feel like that he – did better also when he had Frank Reich, you know. Frank Reich was really, you know, he's the one who who drew up that offensive game plan that basically he beat Belichick in a shootout. It wasn't the Eagles' defense that won that Super Bowl. I mean, it was the offense that won that Super Bowl game. I mean, he literally 
outcoach Belichick slash the Patriots. I mean, Frank Reich is an absolute offensive genius, and I mean, without having Frank Reich there, you can already see it. I think that Carson Wentz was good and he was a playmaker, but Frank Reich gave him the confidence and drew up the plays that he needed to succeed. And I mean, let's let's be honest, Philadelphia really hasn't been the same without him or Nick Foles in there. So. I mean, and, I mean Indiana- I'm- and Indianapolis has been different, you know. You know, Frank is an analytics guy, and Frank rolls with with the analytics, and you can see how his quarterbacks, especially Jacoby Brissett, not so much Hoyer, but you can see the way that his quarterbacks thrive in in his offensive scheme, and the way the, he has confidence in his players, and you know, you we've seen the Colts make a jump honestly in my opinion since since i think that was a great hire by them and uh and i think that you're absolutely right in the sense that parsons just not the same same quarterback that he was and uh and and frank is definitely uh definitely a reason why yeah, yeah you, you know, know i definitely, I definitely th- i mean like like, like you said, said you know i think frank reich he's really Helped him, he helped him grow a lot as a quarterback. And like you said, you know, we've seen it too in Indianapolis. I really think, though, not having him, though, has been the main problem here for Philadelphia. And, you know, I think that's probably the way that things will be in the future. Um, got two topics left, so let's go ahead and knock them out here real quick. Um, just kind of stay on the same game here. You know, did the New England Patriots offense that we've seen the last two games, does it bother you? And does it make you think that they're no, that, I mean, do you still think that they're the front runner to win the Super Bowl? Or do you think it's someone else? You know, I don't. I don't think that they're the front runners right now to win the Super Bowl. But I, I, I can no longer ever be surprised if they end up there. Um, I think that the the thing that worries me the most about the Patriots' offense, especially over these past two weeks, is Tom Brady's performance. Tom Brady just has not been the same quarterback that he's been, e- even the same quarterback that he was last year. Uh, his QBR is not the same. Um, I mean, granted, though, he doesn't have the same offensive weapons that, that he had a year ago. And, and you, I think we're starting to see um, the effect of no Rob Gronkowski. Um, that Patriots offense was really dependent upon the tight end position. And now when all you're stuck with is Julian Edelman and Philip Dorsett or whatever you know receiver can get open, then it's a little bit of, of a different story. You can't just play play the the big man post game like like the like we saw the chiefs do last night with travis kelsey you know you just you don't have that outlet anymore and you have to start um you just have to start doing things differently and the way that tom brady's doing things differently uh is just not not necessarily working for them i i mean props to them and kudos to them for for still being able to win football games I, i think it helps when your defense has been playing as well as it has been um, but the fact of the matter is, is we have to see, uh, an increase in Tom Brady's overall quarterback performance. If, if they want to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Um, you know, honestly, I think that this is just the same old Patriots story. You know, a lot of times we watch the Patriots in these, you know, kind of in between weeks and we're just kind of like, oh, they don't have it again this year. They look old. They have no offense, you know. At the same time, they're still 9-1. You know, the Super Bowl's going to run through New England. I like Belichick's chances having a second go about with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. You know, like I said last week's podcast, I kind of felt like that 
he just kind of said, so be it, sitting there watching the game play out. He was like, whatever, man. You know, he's like, he's like, let's see what Lamar can do, and I'll have a better game plan for him next time we see him. Um, also, you know, they're going to get Isaiah Wynn back at left tackle. I feel like Brady doesn't really believe in his protection. He's too darn old to sit in there and take those hits. He knows they can probably still win those games. I mean, realistically, they were Julian Edelman. Um, they are Julian Edelman, you know, touchdown pass away from possibly losing that game against Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia drove down the field at the end of the game and couldn't. they probably could have kicked a field goal there, and who knows what would have happened from there. But I feel like it's the same Patriots team. It's the same winning formula. There's a lot of times when we watch them play. When we, when we feel like they, they don't have it anymore, anymore. When, when we feel like, like you know, you know they, can't they can't really win the win championship. This is a defensive team, and defense, defense is what wins football games in January and February. I still have no doubt in Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and I still like the Patriots to win it all. So nothing has really changed my opinion. Wow, hot takes with TP3 right here, boys. Yeah, and you know it pains me to say that too, man. There's nothing I hate more than New England Patriots after what they they did to me and my Falcons, and just. I, I honestly don't think they're a fun team to watch at all, so I hate seeing them winning too for that reason. But it's what it is. Last topic here, Austin, before I let you go. Um, do you think that James Harden is being kind of underrated and that it's underappreciated what he's been doing for his team and not only for his team, though, for the NBA? You know, it, it's, it's really a tricky, it's a tricky topic to t- talk about because what James Harden has done in the NBA is almost so unprecedented that we have really nothing to compare it to and so when he's putting up like last season like all these 40 point games or all these 35 point games consecutively like no one's ever done before and yet he still doesn't he's doing things that have never been done before but he's not winning the mvp it's like well what more what more does he need to do and i'm not saying necessarily that i think that james harden uh, got snubbed or that James Harden is the current front runner from the MVP. But what I'm saying is, is like, like I kind of feel bad for the man. Like he, he, he has unbelievable performances, you know, every other night or night after night. And yet there's nothing really to compare his style of basketball to, to say this is, this is the most valuable style of basketball in the league right now. So I think to a certain degree, yes, it is. Um, he is being underappreciated and undervalued by, by the league and by public approval. But um, also, I think it's pretty important for him to win an NBA title. Um, and I think, and you know, he's very adamant. I've seen videos this year. He's very adamant about winning an NBA title this year. He thinks that this year is this year, this year is the year, but when you have, um, you know, guys like Steph Curry and Kobe Bryant and, um, you know, LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard, and you can go on and on all these guys, they have NBA titles. They've, the only time that James Harden's ever been to the NBA Finals was with Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Like he needs to get back there in order for him to his his entire game to be fully appreciated. 
Yeah, you know, I think that that is a fair assessment. I mean, at the end of the day, he needs to get that ring. But also at the same time, you know, he's got a lot harder teams to go through here. You know, he had to go through possibly one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen here with the Golden State Warriors. And I mean, they never even had a team take them to five games with Kevin Durant, or more than five games, let alone almost beat them. You know, they're a Chris Paul injury and a ton of bad luck away from, you know, basically knocking them out of the playoffs, sending them home. Look. James Harden's being completely underappreciated. He's averaging 39.2 points per game. He's averaging 11 made field goals per game. He's averaging five made three-pointers per game. Leads all the league and all that. You can say, oh, all he does is get to the free throw line. Well, shoot, if it's so easy, I don't see other people doing it. You know, He goes to the line and he hits his free throws too, shooting 88.2% from the free throw line. I think what he's doing is he's changed the game. We've never seen anyone who's able to shoot off the dribble and make their own shot for three the way he can. I think he's, you know, he's the next level player that we really haven't seen anything like. And I think what he's doing is definitely being underappreciated. I mean, basically every single year he's so close to winning the MVP. You know, it's like LeBron. It's like Russell Wilson. You know, there's not a lot of athletes like that. We were so close to winning the MVP. It's almost like you don't give it. It's like, you know, I feel like that everyone's just like, oh, whatever. James Harden's averaging 39.2 points per game. But let's talk about LeBron, what he's doing with the Lakers or Giannis. I mean, Harden's also making a guy like Westbrook, you know, fit in his offensive system perfectly and they're 11 and 3 right now you know that's the second best record that's tied for the second best record in the league it's uh, 11 and 2 for both Boston and LA and then they've got one more win than Milwaukee so there's technically ahead of them by half a game but I mean this Rockets team is great it's amazing James Harden is probably the best scorer of the basketball we have seen since Wilt Chamberlain and you know I think if anyone's ever going to break Kobe's 82 point or 81 point performance it's going to be James Harden and you know you could say this guy shoots too much but he's 11 and 3 I don't see it mattering that he's shooting too much you know if it's resulting in W's you really can't argue with that so I don't know what, what do you think about that no, I think I think you're 100 percent correct. It's really hard for, I, I, like I said earlier, I just feel bad for the guy because what he's doing, like you said, like you never you never see guys shooting the ball off the dribble like like he does, and and scoring as many points as he does night after night. And it doesn't matter who's in his offense; he's gonna let whether it's Clint Capella or Russell Westbrook or whatever position they play. Hey, like, what is his name? Daniel House is like going off this year pj tucker is one of the best three th corner three-point shooters in the league right now and it's not because you know these guys have the ability to get open it's because of what james harden's doing on the floor i think that's part of like what makes him such a great mvp candidate it's because of how he makes the players around him better and it's just he's a really interesting player to watch but in my opinion he, he can't be in that kind of all-time goat conversation until he gets to the nba finals and wins it really in my opinion wins an nba finals with like the weight of his team on his back and he can do it i fully believe that he can do it he's he's got everything that he needs um he's it's just a matter of of getting it done yeah, yeah, you know, you know I, agree I agree with you completely. It's, it's, it is it definitely, is definitely just, just a matter of getting it done. done. Also, you know, another thing, too, about Harden, you know, I don't know why that more attention wasn't shed on the fact, look, he doesn't have Eric Gordon. He doesn't have House. Those are two starters. Capella, that's a third starter right there. And then Westbrook. All four of them sat out, not to mention Nene and Gerald Green. And the team's on a back-to-back. -back. What does he do? Comes out and scores 47 points, wins the team for his team once again. I mean, 
This guy played games last year where he didn't have Chris Paul, Gordon, or Capella. There was a stretch where they didn't have him. What did he do? Went out and scored 50 a game for a seven-game stretch. I mean, nobody does that. It's like whatever the situation is, Harden just steps up and does even better and better and better each and every single time. I think that he deserves a lot more credit for what he's doing. I know if it was LeBron doing it, everyone would be bowing down. Oh, my God, LeBron James. You know what I mean? Harden needs to get his damn ring so we can start saying that about him. You know, it's absolutely – I feel like I feel like just the fact that he's not LeBron doing it – that everyone's because I know damn well if LeBron was doing what Harden's doing that everyone would be freaking out about it you know and I don't see it you know I don't there's not too many players in the league that can win shooting the ball as much as Harden does and having the ball that much in their hand there's not a lot built like that which people don't realize and that's that's my main point right there but anything else you want to say on top or should we call it quits right there Let's call it quits. I've got I've got uh, the big dog all riled up. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm all riled up, man. I want Harden to get the respect he deserves. But Austin, I appreciate you coming on once again, man. Gave some great content once again today. Dude, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always love being on the podcast with you. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, bro. You know, we're definitely going to keep on doing this as NBA keeps on winding up. we got college football, bowl games coming up here soon, rivalry weekend, NFL playoffs, NFL into the regular season. Everything's coming around the corner, but we appreciate everyone tuning in once again. Follow me on Twitter at TP3Bets or at TP3Wins on Instagram at TP3Bets. Austin, tell people where to follow you. What's up, guys? You can follow me uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Sports. I also uh, put out a, some uh, some pics and some sports talk on my personal Twitter at Clark Till Dark. So you guys want to give me a follow? I'd love that. Usually follow back. So appreciate you having me once again. Hey, I yeah, appreciate, appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll see y'all again soon. soon. Peace. Peace.